Night Happens with Pinelo Mutine. Pinelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. After one, good afternoon to you. This is Life Happens. You're on SAFM. My name is Pimelo Motine. Thank you so much for joining us. So, um, I do want to highlight some of the things that we want to address today so that you can start dialing in and what it is that we're going to be talking about today. We've got two departments that are on, in fact, they are already on hold. We've got the Department of Home Affairs and also the National Spokesperson of the Police. Okay, and uh, we are trying to get as many answers as possible to you with regards to debt certificates and and the, the permits, travel permits. We've had a lot of requests that have been coming through um, that are asking us about the difficulties of getting a permit to travel. So, for instance, if you've got a loved one that's in another province and you are still awaiting a death certificate, what the procedure there is. So I, I just have both of them on the line so that they can help us just understand what the limitations are, where the gaps are, what you need to have when you go to the police station. Lots of you I know have asked these questions I don't have all the answers. So what I'm going to plead with you to do is to start dialing in now so that you can ask your specific question to the officials that are joining us on the line. So the number to dial is 891 You can also send us a, a WhatsApp note or a, a, a message. Maybe we'll put you on the line. 0614104107. Okay. So the guests are uh, Sia Goza, who's a spokesperson of the Minister of Home Affairs, joining us on the line. Brigadier Vishnaidu, a SAPS a national spokesperson. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Uh, good, good afternoon, afternoon Primello, and thank you for this opportunity. All right. Um, let me start. Can I start with you, Brigadier? First of all, just to help us understand, um, this comes from listeners who've just been inundating us with questions around when they go to get their travel permits, so cross-province travel permits, and they arrive at the police station, what it is that, that is required from them? Is it always only and just the death certificate of a loved one that's required? Yeah, if they're traveling for, for the purpose of a funeral, Pamelo. Yes. Yes, they're required to have a death certificate um, so that we are able to, to grant a permit. Uh, otherwise, it makes it very difficult for the police, uh, you know, to believe that people are indeed uh, going to attend the funeral. Mm-hmm. Brigadier, so, uh, the, the question yeah. that has been asked um, by many is that, and this is something you're just going to have to clear it us, uh, clear us up on this one, whether it is maybe the understanding on the police on the ground or is that the, the actual regulation. If the people are able to give you, for instance, uh, a letter from either the undertaker or the mortuary, is that good enough or not? Yeah, we. You see, I, I know the the problems that people have been having. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would, you know, we prefer that they give us a death certificate. We've had situations where we've asked, like when a paramedic comes and uh, certifies mm. a person dead. Yes. Uh, you know, or, or a doctor certifies Correct. a person dead and not necessarily provide a death certificate. Yes. Those will be reasonable documents to accept in order to provide a permit because sometimes there are delays. Are they, uh, for, are for they Brigadier? Because this is exactly the question. Are those permissible or is it, do you have the room to have a discretion? I, know, I don't know what the regulations are and I'm genuinely asking because I don't know whether the police are given that space to have, um, you know, to use their discretion or is that not possible? Remember, it's, uh, it's not uh, enshrined in the regulation mm. that a person must produce a death certificate. But remember, the, 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 the obligation is on the police and uh, the home affairs as well as, um, as well as the courts to be able to issue these permits 
for people to travel. And we have to make sure that we, pre- we prevent movement as far as possible. Because that's the whole idea of lockdown, sure. is to prevent movement. So if somebody comes to us and say, listen, I have a letter from a doctor who certified mm. my aunt dead or mm. my uncle dead, mm. or I have a paramedic uh, document where it, it states that the person is certified dead, then we have to use our discretion and say, okay, uh, to, because sometimes funerals are done quickly with certain religious This is groups. it. This is the question you know? I'm asking so, because many of the police who are confronted with these questions are saying, look, as much as I understand it, I also need to understand where my, my boundaries are. As a police officer, mm-hmm. if I don't have certain documentation, I'm going to get into trouble. So I'm asking, for instance, with the Muslim community, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to, to Home Affairs just now in a second. There are delays for some of these documentations to come through. What, what what happens there? I mean, what what is your experience been? Well, our experience has been, as I said in the beginning. Remember, this is a we've entered into uncharted territory here when it came to this whole COVID nineteen virus. Mm. In the beginning, there were there were problems, there were teething problems, there were hiccups uh, when it came to dealing with this. And then gradually, as we started to move down to level four and now to level three. There's a better understanding. There seems to be a, a smoother flow with things and so forth. And then the communication, the education and awareness with our members around the ground as well has improved tremendously. So we, ca- we won't be expecting people to experience um, uh, the problems and the challenges that they've experienced right at the onset of this whole lock. We've never, I mean, South Africa has never experienced lockdown as for as long as I've been on this earth, uh, which is uh, a good few decades. But what I'm saying is, so we don't expect people to face the same challenges that they faced in the beginning, uh, you know, right now, especially now that we're on level three. Brigadier, let me just ask you to hold there. There are lots of people who want to ask you questions, but let me just uh, also welcome uh, the spokesperson of the Ministry of Home Affairs, Sia Koza. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon, Sia. Good afternoon, Timelo. Thanks very much for the opportunity of uh, talking to you and uh, your listeners. Thank you so much, Sia. Let's talk about what the lockdown has meant for some of your offices that are not necessarily in the hubs of the big cities. Um, I know that some of your offices have been closed in very small towns and what that means for people who are looking for either a death certificate or a birth certificate. Uh, well, we, we've got uh, 412 offices uh, uh, nationwide, and um, all of those offices are currently open, and the offices which uh, were closed were closed uh, for brief periods, and those were either related to, uh, to COVID, uh, basically when we would have one colleague uh, contracting uh, COVID, we we'll then close them, uh, disinfect the offices, and after a week or so, we'll then be able to uh, uh, resume with the services. In those instances, when we have had to close offices, we have used, we've got mobile, we've got trucks which are fitted with all the equipment that we need to be able to deliver home affairs uh, services. So we will then, uh, we have uh, deployed those trucks in those uh, instances. The reports that are coming through are that that's not quite the case. In some really rural areas, remote areas, they would have to be asked to go to, uh, you know, another town, the closest town, which I suppose is okay. But in those offices, which is maybe the nearest town, so the one particular case, the the person was in Umtata, they were asked to go to Zolo. Zolo is opened, but was only taking limited number of applications per day. They were told only they're processing only 
only 10 per day. If you fall out of that 10, you're going to have to come back tomorrow. I'm sure you know what, you know, what I'm referring to. It happens in some towns. Okay. Um, no, this is the first time that I'm becoming aware of this particular instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that uh, we, we, we don't have a limit to the number of people who, who would come in. What we do do is to uh, enforce the social distancing uh, requirements mm-hmm. and also require that everyone coming in <laughs> uh, has a mask. Now, for, for, for the death certificate, mm. uh, we, we never stopped issuing those ones. Uh, from the very beginning uh, of the lockdown, we, we, we were issuing them. Uh, if I may, by way of, yes. of, a, of an example, mm-hmm. between March 28 and the end of uh, May, we had issued uh, 68,678 death certificates. Uh, between, and, that, and that, come again? Between? Between, uh, between uh, the March. 28th of March yes. and the end of, uh, of, uh, of May. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, are you comparing it to another time? I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see the point of that, of that date. I, I wouldn't know if it's higher or lower. Uh, than what would be ordinarily the case out of COVID. Okay, <laughs> it, is, uh, it is actually lower than um, that than other comparable periods uh, uh, in the previous years. Uh, partly because we, we we saw a lot of uh, a reduction in the unnatural deaths. Mm. Uh, so those would be deaths by car accidents, mm. uh, gunshot, mm. uh, and also stabbings. Mm. Uh, in terms of the natural deaths, mm. the figures are quite uh, stable. Okay. Are you saying that you are not aware of the fact that um, maybe, I mean, I don't know, whether you are not aware that some of the officers are taking this lockdown period uh, and using it as as an excuse not to process as many of these uh, either death or birth certificates as they should be? Yes, uh, death certificates, uh, we never stopped issuing those ones. So what I would advise Mm -hmm. is uh, if anyone is at a Home Affairs office Mm -hmm. and then they are told that... uh, they are not offering the service. They are encouraged to speak to the office manager because mm. the office managers are empowered <coughs> to to resolve uh, citizen complaints uh, and and then as they happen. So they don't even need to uh, call a provincial manager. They can speak to the office manager who will resolve that. And as I was saying, we never stopped uh, offering the service. It's one of the service, one of the three services that have been offered throughout the lockdown. So yeah, there's a difference between stopping and, and, and limit, limited processing. So what people are saying is that they're told we only do so much because there are fewer mm-hmm. of us in the office or there are fewer of us working because of the lockdown. Is that true or not? Yes, there are fewer people working in our offices, okay. but we are also offering much fewer services, mm-hmm. and which therefore means that <coughs> we shouldn't be turning away mm-hmm. anyone coming to, uh, to, to, to our office. Mm-hmm. But, but because you are talking about a specific uh, example, mm-hmm. I would like to, yes. to be afforded an opportunity to look sure. at when did it happen, and sure. uh, you said it's the Mtata and the Zolo yes. office, and yes. I'm, quite, I'm quite familiar with the with both of those offices, and I uh, will just need to know the date and when did it happen, and then uh, right. we'll be more than happy to come back to you and say what uh, what specifically happened in that case and how we resolved it. All right. So, I mean, what what else would you like to um, convey as a message to those who are facing difficulties and so on uh, while you're on the line before I let you go? Because I'm sure maybe you want to convey some messages that that you know the listener may find advantageous. Well, uh, one of the things that we did uh, in compliance with the uh, lockdown regulations was that 
we actually allow um, uh, undertakers to come and uh, and complete the death certificates on behalf of the family members. What we're doing is to try and limit the number of people coming uh, to our offices. So uh, what uh, the, the typical process would be that a hospital or a authorized uh, health practitioner would certify a, a a body to have a person to have passed on. Yes. And then the um, um, the uh, funeral home mm-hmm. is then authorized to come and uh, register on behalf of the of, of the family, so that they don't have to come to our offices. So that's one of the things that we are doing to try and uh, assist people who have the unfortunate experience of uh, losing their loved ones. So, sorry, Sia, when you say the funeral home, what are you referring to? Funeral palace. Oh, I see. I see. Undertakers, yes. yes. The undertakers would, yeah, they, they, they can come and register on behalf of the family. So the family does not have to come. And, 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 and you know, just earlier I touched a little bit on, for instance, other uh, cultural practices that insist that you do that immediately. And would that also um, be able to help them? Is it sort of processed on the day? Yeah, you 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 come. Uh, that that process doesn't take uh, longer than uh, fifteen minutes oh, uh, per application. Okay. Because what we need is to get the document authenticated, mm-hmm. check the fingerprints against uh, the national population register, and then declare the person mm-hmm. uh, dead. And that's uh, and that's mm-hmm. all that it takes. All right, all right, Brigadier. Also, with with yourselves, um, your your comments, I suppose, for for those who are fi- facing difficulty. What what's the steps? Um, you said you know it's becoming smoother. Officers on the ground are starting to understand a little bit clearer yeah, what um, the mandate is uh, in terms of whether you one has mm. the death certificate or not. Um, is there anything that you actually want to pass on to the listener right now? Yeah, Pamelo. Very quickly, I also wanted to add that. In Clause 7 of the regulations, it's very clear that what it states that upon request yes. for a permit to attend a funeral, mm-hmm. a person requesting the permit may produce a death certificate or a certified copy of a death certificate mm-hmm. to the head of the court or the person designated by him or her or a station, mm-hmm. a station commander of a police station or that person or a person designated by the station commander, mm. provided that uh, where the death certificate is not yet available mm-hmm. and the funeral must be held within 24 hours in keeping with the cultural and religious practices, the person requesting the permit mm-hmm. can provide a sworn affidavit with correspondence with Form 5 of NHA, which is also provided together with a letter from the cultural and religious leader confirming the need for the funeral to take place within 24 hours. And, uh, yeah, so... So that there are provisions made other than death certificate. You know, uh, if, if there's an urgency to conduct a funeral, then people can resort to, the, uh, to providing the affidavit. So, so, as I said, if a doctor signs off, that is, a, you know, uh, it's a legitimate document or a paramedic provides a, a document to say that he certified a person dead mm. and provided the name of the person is stipulated there and so forth. If there is if they cannot get the death certificate in time for them to travel, yes, yes. you know, then we, 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 we will consider that. All right. Let me just ask yes. you, gentlemen, please, if you don't mind, uh, there is a question here from one of our listeners. Godfrey is calling from Port Elizabeth. Godfrey, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Rowena. Good afternoon to your guest there. And Hi, Godfrey. Your listeners. Godfrey. Hi, I just, Rowena. I just... Hi, Godfrey. Hello? It's not Rowena. Oh. Hi, Godfrey, man. Sorry. I, you, are opening, you are opening up wounds when I got free. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I All just right, have this question. Uh, I have a daughter. She's arriving tomorrow from the U.S. Mm-hmm. She was working on a cruise liner ships there, and uh, 
she's landing tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock. And she asked me to come fetch her and she's in possession of a clearance medical certificate from uh, the doctors on cruise board. Mm-hmm. But I have a problem. I don't know if I'm able or, 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 or am I, will, am I uh, allowed to drive to Johannesburg to go fetch her? Because oh. I'm, I'm hungry to drive up to fetch my daughter because <laughs> she has also a child here who is a one-year-old tomorrow. And she wants to be with her daughter. All right, I don't, I, I don't think it's for you, Sia. Let me just give uh, Brigadier Vishnaidi to answer that quickly. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. If it were my daughter too, I would have loved <laughs> to have gone and fetched uh, my daughter. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, the regulations doesn't allow that. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be able to fetch your daughter. And the rule still stands. If somebody coming from abroad yeah. will have to go into 14 quarantine. days of mm. self-isolation or quarantine. Mm. So that rule still applies in level three as well. So please don't make any plans to go fetch your daughter because when she arrives, until our authorities, because we got our own lockdown rules here, there uh, are different rules for different countries. So our rules must be adhered to and, um, and uh, only when our authorities give the clearance, then she'll be able to go home. And you won't be able to travel. There's no permit can be issued for you to travel to go fetch another person from another province. So arrangements have to be made for her to travel by public transport to, for her to return home. All right. See, I- Oh my goodness. See, uh, there's a question here for you directly. I can't call this person. We can't get them on the line, but it's a tweet. It says, I'm at home affairs right now as we speak for a death certificate in Matatiel in the Eastern Cape. Yesterday, they chased us away at 15.30. Today, they started working only at 10 a.m. and they will not be open tomorrow is what they're telling us. Sia, what do they do? Are we winning? Sia? Uh all right, I will I will get uh, in touch with the office manager there yes. and uh, make sure that they are assisted. I mean, what could be the reasons for that kind of thing, Sia? I would uh, okay. We don't we don't tell anyone away who comes uh, to um, to our offices for yeah. for such a service. So I will just need to understand what the issue is uh, before right. I can I can give yeah. you a comprehensive answer. But I will after this call I will get in no touch problem. with the manager there can, to get them assisted. Can I ask you before you leave, Sia, just to help all of us understand? And and this is not only in uh, rural areas, just for all of us to understand. Are there specific working hours that are regulated for home affairs offices to open and close? Yes, we open at half past eight in the morning and close at half past three. In the All afternoon. right, so half past three is normal, but this 10 o'clock opening is just not acceptable then, it seems. Uh, well, it, it sounds uh, unusual. Okay. And again, I would not be able to right. provide a comprehensive response without understanding what has yes. gone on before. And I suppose, you know, Sia, I think many of the questions that are coming through, even from where I stand, I don't think it's 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 malice. I think it's if the officers uh, in those offices are able to tell people, you know, we had to shut down because we've got a case or we're busy with something like that. People are understanding. It's just not communicating. That's part of the problem. Yes, yeah, so of course. Uh, and we do encourage uh, our our office managers to communicate yes. with the with the citizens, uh, both those ones who are inside our offices and the ones who are outside our offices, because uh, these COVID regulations uh, mean that uh, a a significant number of people may actually be outside the offices. Yes. So if you're outside the office and you don't know what's going on inside, uh, you would need uh, to get uh, regular updates. And we do encourage our office managers to do exactly that. All right. I, I do have one other question, and I'm going to ask my guests to stay. I promise you I will not keep you any longer. Just one more question. Let me go quickly first to Utsile Saku, and then we'll take that question. It's one let Let's go to the headlines with Utsile Saku. Good afternoon, Utsile. <laughs>
here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105 FM in Peter Maritzburg. Uh, good afternoon, Pamelo. Uh, I want to ask something to Brigadier there. Uh, about a month ago, I asked at the place where I'm working, I had a newborn child, and then I asked so that I can uh, apply for a birth certificate for my younger child. And when I went to Mpumalanga, all home affairs offices were closed there. So I, I phoned Palavra home affairs because normally I do my passport, then they said they are opened. Eight in the morning, I managed to pass through the uh, the, 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 the cross border, the, the provincial cross border from Pumalanga to Palavura. Police were not there. They were not guarding us there. I managed to pass there. I made an application in Palavura for my birth certificate, uh, for the child birth certificate. And on my way back, that is where I, I really got a problem because now they asked me, where are you coming from? I told them that, no, I was applying for a birth certificate for my child. I showed them the birth certificate. They said, no, 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 you must go back. And I asked them, where must I go? Because I'm, I'm residing in Pumalanga, right there in Akono. They said, no, go back to where you come from. How did you pass there? I said, I passed there in the morning. You were not yet here. And they refused me to enter, you know, my provincial home. So I had to go back and use an alternative small way, which they are not monitoring. I mean, I want to ask him, in that situation, where was I supposed to go? Because my hometown is in Akonuk, and I showed them the birth certificate. They said, no, go back. Thank you. Good afternoon, Pamela. It's TNN Perception. I just want to know, uh, with regard to uh, the home affairs people, are they still not doing the birth certificate of, uh, of the children that were born before the lockdown on 27th? or they've uh, started uh, doing the certificates now for everybody because when i went to home affairs to go and do a, a birth for my uh, boy who was born on the 27th of december we were told that uh, we have to wait until the lockdown is over they can they are only doing a certificate of uh, people of children that were were born after the 27th of march so I just want to know if they have started doing the bed for 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 certain that they were born before that. Thank you. All right. Um, see, I know we didn't ask you to talk about birth certificates, but the the, the, the matter has now come up. Um, what's your response to the birth certificate issue? All right. Uh, no, not a problem at all. Um, the the gentleman who spoke, the last one to speak, mm. can go to our offices, uh, and what he needs to apply for it's what is called the late registration of birth. Mm-hmm. That process we started uh, at the beginning of June. We were not offering it before, before, before this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just to indicate, birth, uh, children born between the 26th of February and up, uh, up to now. Uh, are registered normally. Uh, we don't uh, regard them as late registration of birth. Uh, and uh, this is in compliance with the COVID regulations and the fact that under level five, we were not uh, allowing for birth registration. Now, to make up for, for, for the for the people who may not have been able to register children born between 26th of, Feb, of February, um, we then allowed that uh, they register them normally. So we, we do... Um, welcome those people to come to our offices. But in his case, because the child was born on the 27th of December, 
the child then qualifies to apply for, or rather he qualifies to apply for a late registration of birth, uh, which is a service that we only started uh, offering uh, from the beginning of June. Okay. And the, the other question by the previous uh, voice note? Well, there's a gentleman uh, from Mbumalanga who said that he had a problem with the office which was not uh, which was not open. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yes. Um, look, Brigadier, also, I think this also talks to you about, uh, I suppose, offices and what, what, what's permissible, yes? Yeah, I think at the time, remember it was level five lockdown. There were only five categories of people that were allowed to move around. Mm-hmm. It was for you, uh, you were allowed to go and buy your groceries. You're allowed to go for medical treatment or buy medicine. You're allowed to go to collect social grants or to go to a bank. Those are the only five. So if somebody was moving around for any other reason, the police would have turned them back. That is just the reality of it. So I don't know what... what uh, I can't um, say for sure exactly what uh, provisions Home Affairs has put in place, whether people were allowed to delay in terms of registration, registering the child and no, so forth. But at that time, I don't think movement could, could be allowed. No, no, no it's, it's fine. Uh, Sia, do you want to comment on that one? Well, uh, what is important is that we are still in a, in a lockdown yes. and uh, we still want to, to, to restrict uh, the movement of people, especially uh, inter-border travel. So if you are in a province and you want to apply for a Home Affairs uh, service, and for whatever reason you find that the office is not closed, your best bet is to call the uh, provincial manager. The numbers are uh, inside our offices, and uh, they will then advise you what is your best uh, option instead of uh, traveling uh, interprovincially. All right. One last question here says, I, uh, can I from, uh, from, I think it's travel, from Port Elizabeth drive up to Johannesburg to fetch my daughter that was traveling from the U.S.? My daughter has been issued with a medical clearance certificate as free from COVID-19. Uh, I suppose for both of you, I don't know what the regulations are. Brigadier, do you want to respond to that? No, you, no, no. I, 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 we did. Uh, uh, I'll just it's, repeat it's my answer to the previous a, caller. Yes. A person is not allowed to drive to go fetch another person from another province. Okay, but this the is a minor. The person who is traveling from one province to another yeah. must make provisions on their own. Uh, and I would imagine it can only be public transport, either by bus uh, or um, a chartered uh, transport or uh, by aeroplane. Brigadier, I thought those were also under lockdown. Sorry? Are there, I didn't think that the public transport is open. Uh, no, trans- the, aeroplane, the planes are open. The domestic flights are open. Okay, all right. That's... Yeah, the domestic flights are open. Okay. And remember, also coming from overseas, the person must prepare, be prepared to, to confine themselves for fourteen days. No, 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 no. It seems like yeah. this person has done all of that. So the issue here is now getting them from, I, because I, I'm assuming that they landed here at OR, so they're mm-hmm. going to their hometown, which is where they actually reside. That's the thing about that permit. And so it's a minor. It seems like it's a minor. So that's what the parent is asking. Can I go collect the minor from Johannesburg after this quarantine story? No. Unfortunately, I'm on the regulations now as I'm speaking to mm. you. It doesn't make provision for that, even the directive, for a person to go fetch. So we as police, maybe they can go to court and a court might uh, provide a permit. But we as police, we cannot grant a permit for so, that. So right now, what would be the logical thing to do? Are you saying that, that the permit must be re- acquired by somebody who's going to then take the child? But that person wouldn't be given a permit either, right? Exactly. The person won't be given a permit because there is no permit that can be issued for one to go pick up another from another province. So they will have to make... Remember, even minors travel alone by, uh, on, a, on an airplane. 
as well. So they, they, I'm sure these provisions will be made as far as air transport is concerned. All right. Let's just take yeah. a, one last voice note. I have this question, a final question to your guests there. If they quarantine a person coming from abroad for 14 days, uh, like my daughter, you said they will be, she will be quarantined for 14 days and thereafter, will they then give her a flight ticket back to PE? Or must she, after the quarantine, make her own way back home? What's going to happen then? Can you just answer that question for me, please? Godfrey PE. Brigadier, I mean, I know you don't make the rules. I, I, it sounds to me like you've answered the question. Do you want to answer it again? I, I, I don't know if it's the same caller again that's calling the first one, but uh, I, I think I heard the caller saying that she's been cleared. She has a, a, a no, certificate this, clearing her. This, this, is, this is a different person. Different so, caller. Yes. But no, no, uh, each person will have to make provisions for himself or herself mm-hmm. uh, for traveling. It won't be, I don't think the state can carry such a cost because yeah. if you do it for one year, if you do it for all, and there are lots, still lots of people that are still coming back into the country. That might, that, that might not be the only reason why we can't do that, but each mm. person that's traveling, ordinarily they would have paid their own way anyway yeah. to travel from one point to the other. This quarantine period is there, it's part of the regulations, part of I, the, the I, rules I, that we've implemented. I, I must say, Brigadier, and both for you and CIR as well, I don't know if there's any way where you discuss your you know, the work that you do on the ground and its practicalities to somebody. I don't know whether you guys are, you you send back messages because, and I'll tell you, I'll give you an example, Brigadier. So if it's a minor and and there is just no provision to move this person and this child now needs to go back to school as schools are opened in their province, it just seems a little bit unreasonable for me that there is no provision that allows for anybody to move a minor and I mean, why do we make the assumption that I can afford an air, airline ticket? Because that's just another problem. But you must, you, you, you have to remember, um, Pamelo, yeah. each case will be treated on its own merit. I'm giving you a generic response mm. to how matters will be treated. I'm not saying that the person must resort to an airline ticket. Mm-hmm. Remember, even, even um, the long-distance buses mm-hmm. as well, you know, if... Pamelo, I don't want to get into the technicalities or the details of it. To travel from one province to another province to pick up somebody and come back mm-hmm. would be far lesser cost than a plane ticket. Yeah, but I can tell you now, Brigadier, you and I have children. If I have no choice but to go fetch my child, I mean, it's not a cost thing only. It's about the reality yeah. that the child but, can't travel by themselves. But let, 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 the, situ- let the situation, uh, the person who's co- confronted with the situation, mm-hmm. let, the, let the situation present itself. The, the, the people on the ground, remember the question that you asked, yeah. whether we are discussing between yeah. ourselves. Yeah. We have different work streams that are sitting at our national command center in Pretoria. Mm-hmm. There are various work streams that are sitting together. Mm. So we are an all, always in consultation, whether it's transport, whether it's home affairs, whether it's mm. police, whether it's economic development, social development. We're all sitting together mm-hmm. and we put these rules in place. I think ultimately the most important thing to understand is the main objective and the main goal here is to, to contain the spread of the virus. And we're doing everything that we possibly can, uh, taking into account the people's circumstances and situations as well. So let, let this person's case present itself to wherever this child is landing and wherever this child needs to travel from. And I'm sure on that merit, whatever the merits are, uh, the best solution will be provided.
Brigadier Vishnaidu, I hear you ever so slightly though, hey? Ever so slightly. You, 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 people, people call here not because they've got nothing else to do. I promise you when somebody calls here, they are desperate, they've tried everything, and they're only complaining because they've got no other resort. And I'm not sure. And I hear you, but I want you to take back the messages from us as well. That some of these sure. things, the fact that school is now back to operate, being operational means that I can't now insist on the child staying in one province if the school is in another province. There's got mm. to be flexibility. And I just want you to manage our expectations and your flexibility. That's really, I think, no. that's the message I want to give for, for, both, for both of you. Thank you very much, Brigadier yeah. Vishnayi. Thank taken. you always thank you for always much. taking our call. And also to you, Siad Koza, thank you very much for making the time to talk to us. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. He's a spokesperson for the Minister of Home Affairs.